the horse is always in a dialogue with you, just shifting your perspective and putting the light a little different on, onto your horse-human relationship, that's going to make a huge difference. Welcome to the Senate Horse Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Williamson. I'm a professional horse trainer, and I rehab and train horses of all ages and breeds with any type, form, or shape of behavior issues. This show is all about improving your horse-human connection, ethically mindset horse training, and horse keeping. I'm going to show you how to understand and train your own horse, overcome problems, and create a strong horse-human bond without fear, force, or confusion. My passion is to bring confidence and breakthroughs into people and their horses that feel stuck in their progress. Each week, I will share powerful insights on a huge variety of topics on how to become unstuck and create a thriving and compassionate relationship with your horse. It's time to shift your horse-human connection into what you've always dreamed about. Let's jump into the show. If the audio is a little bit off, I apologize. We record these episodes on our ranch and you will hear horses or dogs in the background. I'm trying to keep them as clean as possible, but sometimes it's just tricky. Hopefully this episode is helpful and inspires you. And I would love to hear back from you if you have any questions. You can always visit my website, the-horse-center.com where you can learn more about my training philosophy and I also offer my training services. You can also check out my Instagram account where I share lots of training tips and daily insights at underdash the horse center. Now let's keep going with the podcast episode. Welcome back to the Center Horse Podcast. In this episode, I was thinking that it might be very helpful if you go over how I approach a bolting horse and what my thoughts are and what I look at and what's important to me and also what kind of solutions you would have. How can you on your own handle a bolting horse? Bolting horses are part of my daily work. Lots of the horses that I get into training or uh, lots of the project horses that I have, they are project horses because they show behaviors like bolting and someone on some point Maybe they started the horse and they run into the problem that the horse is bolting and it's just not handleable for that person. Or the horse was perfectly fine until the point where all of a sudden an explosive behavior like bolting developed in the horse. If you've been riding for a while, you probably know the feeling of how it feels when the horse is taking off bolting. You lose control of the situation and everything's happening that you don't want to happen and it's just an uncomfortable feeling. It's easily putting fear into your bones, as I always call it. It's that shock moment. If you're not really prepared for it and you can't really read the signs that the horse is sending before he starts bolting, it's really a shock moment. And if you happen to stay on and you don't fall off or anything crazy happens, the horse slips or something like that, afterwards you just have to catch your breath and lots of people just get off the horse and go like what the heck was this and tack off the horse and put it away and just don't want to deal with that because it's such a fearful situation i get it i <laughs> uh, i've been there many times all of a sudden you lose control of a situation and once we lose control we just have to rely a hundred percent on what what that other being underneath us is doing. So it's really hard to think clear in that moment and to stay calm and, you know, not, not to panic. 
and, and bolting is just one of those problems with horses that can cause that the horse is not going to be ridden anymore or that the person that owns the horse is just too afraid to approach it again because they're in fear to fall off or get hurt or that they even make it worse. Or the next time they mount the horse, it's just going to happen again. You know, it's just that fear that develops. I want to talk about fear inside of us in another podcast episode where we go over solutions, how you can approach your own fear and how to overcome your fear and how to deal with that so that you can enjoy your riding again. So sometimes people bring horses in for training or um, they message me and explain me a certain problem, which might be bolting or some other explosive behaviors. And then they ask me to like, would you mind coming over and look at the horse and maybe ride the horse? And I'm always like, well, <laughs> nowadays with my with the knowledge I have today, I'm like, I'm not gonna go on your horse and try to ride it if you have the same behavior simply because of the fact that I won't be able to change that established behavior just because I'm sitting on the horse. It's not that just because my butt is in the saddle, I'm I'm working some magic that it's gonna stop. Because in the first place, I have to address what's actually going on on the horse. So back in the day, the way I got raised and the, the, the way I grew up riding horses, if you would have a bolting horse, it would have been like that. Like, okay, you've got to get on the horse and you've got to get him through it and you've got to work him through it and you've got to tell him no, you've got to show him who the boss is, you know, with that kind of mentality. Yeah, back then, if I would be that person that I was back then growing up, being a teenager, dealing with, with that old school military type of training, I would have definitely hopped on that horse and be like, okay, well, we got to work through this. You can't just, you know, every time you avoid it or every time it's going to happen and he knows he's going to get away with it. All those, now when I hear myself saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, there's so much stuff in there that's just completely wrong and and um, not really addressed at all. It's just labeled. So what I wanted to say is I don't, I don't just jump on a horse and be like, okay, well, let's let's go back to the step where you bolted the last time. I look at it from the ground first and I take all the information that I can get from the owner just about what they were able to see when those behaviors occurred in the horse. Then I work my way towards that. And there are certain points that I, I just go through by every time I have a horse that has, shows explosive behaviors or just behaviors that are kind of off, that, that don't resonate with what we want to do. It could be like the horse is hat shy also, it just doesn't have to be explosive behavior. The first thing I do is I always check for any health issues. Like I have to look, is that behavior maybe caused by pain or discomfort? Because if you go in and you try to fix a behavior that's originally caused by pain, the horse can't just change your pain reaction. If you're in pain, like let's say you have a toothache and it's really hurting and you have sore gums, but then you have to get, for example, a bit shaft in your mouth or even you have a bit less bridle and it's pushing from the outside on your sore gums and someone is pulling on your face and pulling, I don't even mean, mean it in a bad way. Maybe someone is just stepping into contact with the reins with your face and you feel the soreness and discomfort and because of that you raise your, your head up and you, you throw your head up and down, right? So if you would go in and try to fix that head shyness or that throwing up the head and just pulling more on the reins and you know, like just change what you see 
you don't make the pain go away. I've seen horses giving up even though they were in pain. So they would just kind of like swallow the pain and then don't show that behavior anymore. Like someone would pull on the reins and the head would go down even though the horse has still sore gums. But what usually happens is that further down the road, there's gonna be a huge explosion happening. So the horse is gonna be fed up by the pain and having to, to go through all the discomfort over and over again. And the horse is gonna get to one point where that glass of water is gonna spill over by one more drip of water that's going into this glass. And then you have an even worse behavior, which might not be bolting, which might be rearing and whatever, tipping over. Just because the horse is coming from a, from a place of pain and trying to get rid of the pain, the horse is trying to communicate, hey, I'm in a discomfort. The horse is not trying to communicate disobedience or not accepting you as a leader or something like that. So when I have a bolting horse, I first look at all the health issues that could be going on. And the main list I always go through is have a vet check being done or ask the owner, was there a recent vet check that the horse has been looked at? Is there any physical restrictions? Has there been any history of health problems? Anything that could affect the horse's performance under saddle or wherever the problem occurs, right? Could also be bolting on the ground, you know, when you leave the horse in a halter and the horse pulls away from you and, and starts the bolting in certain moments. So could also be in hand work or ground work or whatever. So I want to be sure that there's no health issues going on where a vet could come in and be like, you know what, I actually see that and... They could explain you a little more. I also always look at the physical abilities of the horse, which you could ask a chiropractor or a physiotherapist or an osteopath, any kind of body worker to get a second opinion that they can tell you, okay, I can see some soreness, whatever, in the neck, or I can see soreness in the back, or, you know, that you can just get an idea whether or not the horse has physical discomfort or not which that's a little bit more precise than if you would have a vet out as the vet is more, depending on, on where the vet has his priority set in his work. But if you have a physiotherapist, that person might be more specific about what's physically going on with the horse than the vet would be. So I always go first the vet, then I get an opinion by a physiotherapist, osteopath, chiropractor, body worker, any type of person that can help you evaluate the, the physical state that the horse is in. Then I have the horse's teeth checked by a dentist as the horse's teeth can always cause a bunch of issues that we in the first place might not really relate to the teeth. I mean, the, the very common thing is just that there's sharp edges around the teeth, which can make or cause sore gums or cause discomfort. If you ride with a with a bit, for example, when you put the bit in, that there's just some soreness going on that's causing the horse to feel pain or soreness in the mouth. And again, even if you ride without a bit, the material of the bridle, this bridle is still getting in contact with the horse's mouth, not from the inside, but from the outside. So when you put the bridle, this bridle on your horse and it's getting in touch with the horse's cheeks, and let's say the horse's teeth are really, really sharp edged. So the gums get pushed and it doesn't have to be pressure. It can just be as much pressure as, let's say you put your finger, you put your index finger on the back of your other hand and you are just able to move that skin a little bit around, which that's just, you realize that's not a whole lot of pressure, right? And that amount of pressure can already cause the horse to feel discomfort if there are sharp edges on the teeth and the gums are getting pushed against the teeth. 
it's just another thing that I hear a lot. It's like, oh yeah, well, your horse is bolting because you have a bit in the mouth and you have sore gums. Just use a bridle as bridle and he's going to be fine. You don't need to, the teeth to be done. That's just not how it's going to be working. The horse is still going to have sore gums. And no matter what, sometimes the, the gums are so sore that just when you want to bridle or just when you want to put a halter on your horse, just that slight touch when you might touch the horse with your with your hand to have the horse put the hat in the in the halter that might be enough for a horse to go like oh this is really hurting and then they throw the hat up or whatsoever right so i have the teeth checked and it doesn't mean that when you get the teeth checked that as soon as the dentist leaves your property that directly after everything's going to be fine because most likely those gums need a little amount of time to heal up and whatever soreness you had going on or disbalance in the horse's mouth the horse's muscle structure around the horse's head i feel like i say horses a lot but whatever <laughs> um, the muscle structure on the horse's head has to adjust to that change so we talk about when we get the horse's teeth done about a three-point balance that we want to create because we have the front teeth or I believe you call them also incisors in English. I'm not really sure if I pronounce that right. So you have the front teeth just to explain it easy and you have on the right and the left on the horse's mouth the molders are also called the back teeth. So you have the left, the right and the front of the horse's teeth that have to be in the balance. So that is the three-point balance that you want to create because if one side let's say the right side of the horse's mouth is in a huge disbalance like the upper teeth are longer than the lower teeth and you create a crookedness in the horse's mouth you don't have a balance on those three points right so you want them all to be level as those three points are going to affect also your horse's pole it's going to get a little bit geeky right here <laughs> so if you have created a three-point balance in your horse's mouth with the front teeth and the left and the right of, of the horse's back teeth. You have a balanced impact on the horse's pole. Because if you look further down, let's say the horse's mouth is not in a balanced state and the right side of the horse's mouth is all crooked and off and the horse can't chew, can't not chew, but grind the teeth level on that side. So it's maybe a little lower, all over a little lower than the left side that's going to impact the horse's pole. So if the horse's mouth is off towards the left side, it's going to impact the horse's pole more on the left side, if that makes sense. It's going to transfer its way down into the horse's body. So then you have that disbalance on the pole already, which the horse needs a relaxed and a level pole in order to carry himself in a good and healthy way. That's where problems can already start so getting the horse's teeth done, just to stop being geeky for a second. I know it can be overwhelming. It's a lot of information. Once you get the horse's teeth done, it's not like, oh, well, well, yesterday I got the horse's teeth done. And now two days later, he's still showing the behavior. It's not going to go away overnight. As I said, muscle structure and even bone structure, it all has to adjust again. Like the body has to adjust to whatever we just changed on the horse. And in some cases, it also has to heal up. So sometimes it takes two or three weeks until, until the horse's gums are fully healed up. And then the horse has to understand and see and feel that there is no more pain and soreness going on. So some things just need some time and it's not, not just going to go away just because you had like the teeth done or the vet out or the physiotherapist out. It, it all just, 
you know, our bodies are, are living systems and it's not like we push a button and all of a sudden it's going to change overnight. We always have to create space to make healing and improvement possible. So, so much about the teeth. Then I have also my feria, who of course looks at the horse's feet and gives me an opinion whether or not or how we should approach to maybe even correct the horse's feet because if you have horse with unbalanced feet or I don't want to geek out too much on the feet right now because I feel like that's another whole I don't know it could be even a whole podcast series that we could do about it but if the horse's angle of the foot might be influenced by how the hoof itself is set up that can affect the performance of the horse so maybe that's creating a whole balance issue in the horse which again could cause the horse to bolt right so I have the farrier give me an opinion and and we make a plan of how we can take care of the horse's feet in the best way possible in order to to support his health in the best way that we can. So we have the vet, we have a body worker of some kind, physiotherapist, osteopath, chiropractor, something in that matter. I have the farrier and I have the dentist involved in how I assess a problem like the bolting problem. Then the next thing, I look at the tag which I recommend to find a really good saddle maker who can actually give you an opinion on your saddle fit and not just have someone at your barn tell you, you know what, I think that saddle is a little off or whatsoever. If you have a person that's really hands-on basically every day with this, with saddles and can tell you disbalances in the saddle or whether or not you need a little more narrow saddle or a little wider saddle or a longer one or a short, you know, like who actually can tell you all the facts and can basically geek out with you on the point of what can we change on your saddle or what kind of saddle do you actually need in order for your horse to perform the best way possible. Saddle fit is just such a huge one. Just the whole whole matter of tack fit. If you have a saddle that's not really fitting 100%, that might be the main issue of your horse bolting. You, you might put a, a saddle on your horse that's a little bit too narrow and every horse has a different perception of what causes discomfort and pain and makes them feel even a little bit claustrophobic because that's a hard word by the way because it's just like we humans some of us I like to transfer it to the humans I don't I don't want to like humanize it too much but some of us can bear pain to a certain degree and then there's other people who would already go crazy on that level of pain where other people would just work on you know so some horses are more sensitive have a way higher level of where the pain or discomfort they feel inflicts with their performance whereas others have a really low level of that and it directly affects them and their whole being and after i went through all those points that i just listed that's when I actually look at the behavior. Before I'm not really sure what's causing the problem that's going on, I'm not going to be able to evaluate the situation. All those things have such a huge impact on the horse's performance and the horse's ability to perform and work with you and be happy and satisfied and all that kind of stuff. Once I went through all those single points, I look at the horse's nutrition. Is there anything that the horse is missing nutrition-wise? How is the horse being kept? Is the horse being stalled up in a 12 by 12 stall six days a week and only gets out one day a week? Everything's perfect, you know, it's been taken care of its teeth and feet and vetted and there's body work being done, but only that one day for one hour. 
the horse is able to leave its stall and that's why the horse is bolting basically because there's just too much energy going on and the horse wants to move that all affects the horse's performance in the end so i always look at the whole picture that's why i ask so many questions when someone brings their horse for training i usually give them a, a list of questions like in almost like an evaluation list where I ask questions like how many times per week do you work with your horse how does your work usually look like how is your horse being kept how does the diet look like do you have a physiotherapist or a chiropractor look at your horse on a regular basis when was the last tennis appointment that your horse had just all those questions I go through that so when the horse is actually coming here for training I already have this picture created and I can go through all the points and see where there might be some issues going on that we can already solve by just changing how the horse is being kept, for example. Like maybe we have the ability to offer that horse that's being stalled up 24-7, six days a week. Maybe we can get in every day. Maybe it's just half an hour. Maybe just half an hour pasture time every day. If that's what we can work with, well, great. Then we're just going to take that. Maybe that's what's just going to help the horse to overcome these explosive behaviors, you know. Those small changes can have such a huge impact on the horse's behavior in the end. So that's just the whole picture I look at. When I start training my horses and they, let's say they, let's use it as an example that the horse is completely green, maybe just halter broke, doesn't know a whole lot yet. But once I get to the point that I actually ride the horse, I prepare the horse to have all the answers. Like I don't ask anything from the horse where I know he's not capable of answering that question. I'm not gonna overwhelm the horse with anything all of a sudden new or all of a sudden raising the training level from basic dressage to grumpy dressage overnight. It's a slow process and I always look at how can my horse perform. So and I guess you can transfer that also to, let's say, barrel racing. Like, if I just started out the horse on performing smaller turns, just basic work, circle work, where you, where you narrow the circle down, and then the next day you are demanding your horse to actually run the whole pattern, well, it might happen once you do the turns and you switch the lead and all that kind of stuff that your horse is going to take off because he doesn't have the capability yet to keep his balance and to keep his mind in a balanced mindset and to control his emotions and all that kind of stuff. So always check in whether or not you might be just simply overwhelming the horse on a training level. So what I wanted to say, I always prepare my horses to be prepared in the best way possible to the questions that I ask my horse so that they have the answers and they know what we are doing right there. I'm not all of a sudden throwing something new into their faces. To prevent situations like bolting or rearing or kicking or everything that goes over their fear threshold, which <laughs> fear threshold is going to be another whole episode. So yeah, generally spoken, I personally always, always prepare the horse in a way that they can actually go with the flow when they understand what I'm doing and that there's no situations at any time given that the horse has to show these explosive behaviors where in my head when I see a bolting horse they are like they are really loud communicating with you wait 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 I, I don't understand this I don't you didn't listen to me okay well and then they try to help themselves out of the situation like maybe you didn't listen that the saddle wasn't fitting 100% and your horse maybe showed before already signs of tenseness, being tense in the back, maybe raising the head, maybe not being able to collect well. 
over a time, always, always losing its frame during writing, not being able to bend well, all those supple signs that show that your style is not fitting 100% and you didn't pay attention to that. And then one day, like I said, the horses can hold on to pain for a very long time until there's just that one drop of water making this overflow. And it might not be something crazy happening in that moment. It might just be too much in that moment. And that's when the horse explodes in the behavior of, okay, too much. You know, like let's say the saddle is not fitting 100%. And that day the horse's pain threshold is overstepped in order to communicate that the horse is in pain and discomfort and not feeling well, he wants to get rid of the pain. He's going to bolt or rear or kick or whatsoever to communicate with you. The horse is basically on a point where he understands or gets the idea of you are not able to help in the situation. So I have to help myself if that person is not helping me right now. But let's look a little bit at what's actually going on when the horse is bolting. Like what's What's going on in a bolting horse? How does it look like and how does it feel like? All that stuff. Because it helps a lot to understand what's actually happening when a horse is bolting. Just look at the details to understand how to approach it or why we approach it a certain way. When you have a bolting horse, I think the first thing we all notice is the horse gets tense. And it's that tenseness of (laughs) you get like a tingling in your tummy, which is not a positive tingling. It's like a, "Uh uh-oh, that's going to go down right here. The horse all over goes stiff. Lots of times the horse lifts itself out of the frame, either out of the frame, I would I would say two points, either out of the frame where they raise the hat really high. And in German, I would say they push their back away, like they have this hollow back and they walk really stiff with their legs out. Or the horse drops his head in between the front feet and gets really, really round that you almost can't, you know, like almost like pulling your ha- your reins out of the hands and you can't even really sit on that back anymore because it's so overflexed, like where the head is in between the front legs and then the horse is taking off to bowl, right? What also happens is that the horse locks its pole, so it's getting really stiff all over in the whole body and that's all usually... Like generally spoken, once the pole is locked in any kind of way possible, it can also be in the wrong way of the horse is supposed to move in a in a long and low movement, but the pole is locked. The horse is not able to swing through. So the rhythm of the horse feels kind of stiff. The horse's back feels like you're sitting on a piece of wood. There's no movement that you can feel. That could also be a pole that's not relaxed. But it looks like relaxed from the outside, right? Just as another example. The pole locks when the horse starts bolting. And it basically takes away all lateral or vertical flexion in the horse. So it's just like the stiff straightness. Because only in that position, when the horse is completely straight, he's able to get that tense and and to really bolt, to shoot forward. If you ride with a bit, or even without a bit, you feel that the horse is kind of like grabbing the bit or leaning onto the bit that's one thing that either happens that the horse is kind of like holding the bit and then pull the reins of the hand or like kind of try to avoid you to have any kind of impact on the horse so basically immobilizing the bit and the rein aid and if you don't ride with a bit if you ride bitless it can also be the horse leaning into whatever is on his nose attached to his nose or the face and taking away any kind of impact that you could have there. And then when you look at how does the horse actually immobilize either the bit or my my rein aid or my, my contact that I had with a bitless bridle, 
with a bit, the horse could start maybe like trying to, to put the tongue over the bit or it grabs the bit actually with its teeth or like I just mentioned, leans really into this pressure that's on, attached to the nose or in general, whatever is attached to the face, like they really lean into that or they completely avoid it. So they completely lift themselves either behind the bit or behind the halter that is attached to the horses. Like let's say it's a side pole or something like that. They completely lift away from whatever pressure is kind of coming towards them or whatever contact is coming towards them. Sometimes the horses can actually pin the bit towards the roof of its mouth and just hold it up there like really like and then that tenseness of the tongue pushing the bit up or even pushing it down pushing it down or holding it with his teeth that tenseness just from the tongue is transferring onto the whole body of the horse the tongue is really connected to the whole muscle structure of the horse's body but again that's another topic for another day <laughs> i don't want to go into every direction so once you feel let's say you're riding a horse and you feel this feeling coming it's creeping up on you the horse is getting stiff and tense and what you can do like let's say you prepared your your horse in the best way possible and there's something happening that your horse you know we can't always prepare every training session 100% there's sometimes things happening that we didn't have any kind of influence on let's say your horse is starting to get into like a bolting mindset or whatsoever for whatever reason the rule number one to help avoid a freak accident or your horse taking off or whatever is that you try to avoid the horse being straight in that moment like i just mentioned before when the horse is being straight that's when the horse has the ability to actually lock the pole and to get really stiff and get tense and to collect this power to actually take off from the get-go whatever you do you don't need to necessarily do a one, uh, the one rein stop like so many people always recommend you know it's like oh your horse is bolting we'll do a run rein stop and move its hindquarters and you know all this kind of recommendations sometimes all you need to do is just go on a 20 meter circle and have a slight bend in your horse or to go on a 10 meter vault and just go through one one vault and go a little straight like let's say you're in the arena and then you go a little straight again and then you do another 10 meter vault and then you go straight again and then just through creating some flexion and bend in your horse just that is helping to relax the nervous system of the horse and the muscle structure and just to calm the horse down again the worst thing you can do with a bolting horse is to directly go in my opinion <laughs> i have to add that is to directly go to a complete stop and to not make him want to move you know like to like hold him in in the stiff hold and you're not moving and you're staying here you know like just to hold him back because the horse when it gets into a bolting kind of mindset you gotta look at it from a point of that horse is trying to get away from something not like something of like oh i'm trying to get out of training or something like that but maybe the horse is trying to catch his own balance because he got off balance and that's why he's now running faster in order to catch up with the balance or something scared him there was something i don't know something moved in that bush that's next to the riding arena and the horse got spooked and he's trying to run away like fight and flight is kicking in the horse is already in an idea of i have to get away from something or we have to move faster in order to catch up with balance if you go like no no stop sign right here you're gonna stop you even make that claustrophobic feeling trapped and caught in the moment make it feel way worse for the horse than it is already and that's just gonna increase 
that anxiety and feed into the horse being over fear threshold. What you can do to, to balance the horse back down, like I said, create some, you can even write serpentines. You can go in serpentines or volts or circles or anything that has some bend and flexion towards it. You could go big figure eights or you can go in like a cloverleaf pattern in a big one and just keep creating some flexion and bend in your horse so you keep the horse moving and you're not keeping him caught in that moment of fear. So basically you can move in any kind of way, just not in a straight line in that moment. Just to give you an idea, like of course this is not like the you use that for every time the horse is bolting. And like I said, I always prepare it the best way possible through positive reinforcement so that I actually address every time the emotions that I see and, and the emotion itself. And I prepare the horse in a way that it can balance its own emotion and it knows how to how to bring emotions up and how to bring emotions back down. Some horses that I get with bolting issues, they might only be able to actually drive those emotions out, right? You bring them into the arena, they are relaxed, but as soon as you kick <laughs> kick their motor on, like as soon as you ask them to trot, for example, they trot, but then they are already in like, okay, trot, 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 okay, go, go. And then you ask them to canter, and then it's like, canter, 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 canter. And then you ask them to go back to a trot, and then the trot looks like they are still trying to chase after this canter because they, they don't have that mental ability created in their mindset to actually control their own emotions. Whereas you can ask them to go up in their energy, and you can ask them to lower their energy and to be able to control their own emotions rather than just being a horse bot and just get kicked on and there's only there's only a gas pedal but there's no brakes on the horse right if crap really hits the fan and the horse takes off bolting in order to keep you and your horse safe uh, like i said i always recommend rather going onto a circle or a vault or something like that in order to then circle down to maybe a halt at one point once the energy is coming down rather than directly going into a one rein stop because some horses have so much energy and they they are so fast and they are so athletic that they twist into this typical one rein stop when you ask them to to bend to the side and you move their hindquarters that they are so fast that they almost like start tripping over their own feet during doing it and Sometimes you can even pull them over and make them trip and then even cause a freak accident that you were trying to avoid in the first place. In order to, to go back to relaxation, I always prefer to, like I said, um, through a circle or a vault and then go from there and maybe go into figure eights or serpentines or whatever kind of bend I can put into the horse at that moment rather than going like no one rein stop moving hindquarters and you gotta listen to you know like rather than having that idea because once you jump in like I said the horse is already in a mindset of oh, oh like I gotta catch my balance I gotta catch my balance I got oh, oh okay try 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 oh I can't try I gotta canter now you know like kind of like in that mindset of what we what we notice that bolting and then you jump in and you go like okay no you're not doing this you're gonna move your hindquarters and you know you, you put your energy on top of that just that's just gonna feed into 
in my experience, just, that's just going to feed into the idea or into that anxiety that the horse has already. My first goal when I have a horse that's not able to control itself in that moment is to get to some kind of relaxation or something that's close to relaxation so that we can communicate again rather than that the horse is kind of like yelling and expressing itself really loud and then I have to yell at the horse and then we're just screaming at each other at the end. Now there are a bunch of signs before the horse actually bolts that you can look at. Like all those subtle signs of you already feel the horse rooting on the bit really heavy or it's throwing his head and it's kind of like excessively spooking and like being shy about a lot of things. The horse is maybe hollowing its back. It's kind of like offering some maybe kicking or bucking or just sticking the tongue over the bit or usually it comes in like moments like you have you relax in a 20 meter circle and then all of a sudden you like get like that little kickstart of we run a little faster and the horse is throwing its hat and kind of like getting a little like prancy and kind of like just flinchy all over right but before that happens that's all like the horse was communicating to you before you just didn't see or understood it at that moment the horse is always in a dialogue with you so maybe you're riding down the arena and then you feel like the horse all of a sudden got way faster than i wanted to go well before that happened your horse most likely asked you hey hey are we are we going faster do you want me to go faster and if you didn't say anything like maybe you gave a half halt or your your seat ate like you shifted your weight a little bit backwards or whatsoever to slow down the horse if you didn't answer the question of the horse the horse goes like oh okay yeah really faster okay and then the horse picks up speed because you didn't answer the question in the first place but that's something you have to you have to train your feeling and your eye to and your just the whole way of how you experience your horse once you once you get into the idea of everything you do with your horse is a dialogue you will see and understand that there's a bunch of questions your horse asks you all the time if it's leaving your horse and your horse is getting ahead of you and, and going way faster than you, then most likely before that happened, your horse asks you like, shall we go faster? Shall I go faster? Do you want me to go ahead of you? Maybe you want me to turn right here. And then the horse is turning in front of you and standing there, even though you want it to go straight. I would like to talk about that later on too in the podcast that we go into depth about being in the dialogue with the horse and what to look for and how to how to truly answer questions of the horse because that's just a big tool for me to just um, have the idea of being in a dialogue like I said earlier I grew up being trained really military old schoolish really rough there was no dialogue with the horse that was we as the human tell the horse what to do and the horse has to listen it was a one-way road there was no okay, maybe let's see what the horse is having to tell me about this situation. Let's see what the horse thinks about this, you know, like even taking in consideration that the horse is actually a part of my relationship, you know, it was more like, I tell you what to do, you got to do it. And if you don't do it well, then you got to learn how to do it, right? But just shifting your perspective and putting the light a little different on, onto your horse-human relationship, that's going to make a huge difference. So like I said, there's a bunch of signs way ahead of time before it even gets to the point that the horse is bolting. And it might be just small things. Like maybe maybe you just got to loosen up your reins a little bit, which that's a big one for people when you have a bolting horse. The reins are always safety for the human, whether you ride with a bit or without a bit. 
Um, the ranges always where people that don't have a fully independent seat get their security from. So the last thing someone wants to do on a bolting or, or a very forward horse is to let go of the reins and to actually give the horse some space. Because sometimes all the horse needs maybe at that training status is a little less rein contact. Just give the horse a little more space on its head so he can actually balance himself. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the horse just needs a little more space and a little more room around his head so he can actually balance himself. Maybe that's the only problem that the horse is not able to balance himself at that moment. And that's why he has to bolt because he has to catch up with his balance. Before it even gets to bolting, there's, there's always signs that we can address. And that's a big one for me why I... I record all of my sessions. Every session that I do with my horses, I have my, my GoPro out there and I record it. And if something happens, I don't always revisit it. But if I have a situation where I feel like, I'm like, that's weird. Why, why did that happen? You know, like, I don't understand that. Or that was just odd, never happened before. Like, just things that make me think about it or question myself or where I would like to address it a little better. But I don't know how yet. I revisit that video and I look at my body language and... I look at what the horse is doing and I look at what happened before or what happened after so I can actually see just the visual part of what's going on and just without judging, just just name what you see. So record yourself if something like that happens and you know that it's a reoccurring thing. Put a camera up, put your phone up, have someone record you and then look at your body language, the horse's body language, the envir environmental setup. And take everything in consideration to actually evaluate the problem. So when we revisit the whole bolting problem, there's just a bunch of causes. But I want to I wanna summarize up the most common problems or the most common reasons why a horse is bolting. I think number one might be fear. As the horse is over fear threshold when he's bolting. So something at some point during your riding or grunt work or wherever your horse is bolting caused him to step over fear threshold. And that, that can be many things. That can be, like I said, maybe the horse was just spooking and that caused him to go over fear threshold. And now he's not able to control his emotions to come back down to relaxation to see what was going on. So there's the way out of it as a flight animal is to bolt and to run off until he's safe again. Maybe he was just catching his balance. Maybe he's tripped and he was catching his balance just for a second. But that was so arousing that it was like, oh my gosh, I just almost fell to the ground. And then again, we were at like those existential fears of the horse. Once I fell to the ground, I might be a victim here. and I can get eaten by a predator. So after tripping, the horse all of a sudden starts bolting and takes off. Fear is a big one. Feeling trapped is another big one. Like I just mentioned about the reins creating this this trapped feeling in a horse if there's no other way other than communicating i have to push against what i'm just experiencing your horse would sure felt trapped in that moment like i said if, if you're a very insecure rider or your seat is just not independent and you know your horse took off before and now you're all scared or generally you you always have the reins really short and you always like every every little bit of your horse speeding up makes you cringe and makes you feel uncomfortable but you actually holding onto the reins rather than creating space for the horse makes the horse feel trapped. The more you make the horse feel trapped, you create more of this claustrophobic feeling in the horse that he for sure now wants even more to get away from this trapped feeling. 
Another one that people bring up when they talk about their bolting horrors is, well, he just figured out how to get out of work. That's why he's bolting or rearing or kicking whatsoever, right? Rarely do I ever see a horse doing anything to get out of work. It's actually the opposite. The horse wants to engage with the human, but he's not able to communicate on the same level. It is the fact that the horse is trying to communicate something to you like, he's in pain or discomfort or there's no balance or something like that. The horse's brain is not even set up in a way of playing tricks on you and like being sneaky and stuff like that. That's just not how the how the equine brain is, is developed and how it's working. The horse can create a uh, behavior around once I bolt, the human is going to get off and that's going to relieve the pressure off my back because that saddle is not fitting. That's more so what happens, but it's not that the horse goes like, oh my gosh, finally I can just go back to eating my hay and be with my friends. You know, that's just not how the, that's just the humanized labeling that we tend to do. Like, oh yeah, he's just lazy or he's just, he's really smart. He knows how to get out of work. That's just wrong labeling that we are doing right there. We mentioned pain. Always check the teeth and the gums and check the right fit of the tag. Does the saddle fit? Does the horse have some back soreness going on? Maybe, maybe is, is there some soreness in the neck? How is your all over riding? Have, have a riding instructor that you trust. Look at how you're riding. Maybe the way you're riding the horse, maybe you're, you're over flexing him too much, or maybe you don't create contact enough that the horse can carry himself. And that's causing him to have discomfort once you sit on the horse's back, because he can't really use his body and he can't stay balanced. And, he can't carry himself, you know, all those all those reasons have to be looked at when you when you look at discomfort in the horse. And again, every horse is different. Some horses directly get back pain, even though the saddle fits 99%, but that 1% of the wrong saddle fit, that's causing him to feel not really 100% during riding, right? Some horses are very OCD, some are not. You always have to look at the whole picture. And if it's things like maybe your horse starts bolting when, like I said, you start, for example, like a barrel pattern or something like that. And every time you, you narrow down the, the circle, you get really tight. The horse starts to actually speed up rather than you want him to stay with you and uh, finish, finish the figure you're riding. Then you have to look at, okay, well, the horse is not able to perform this movement. Why is he not able to? And then it might be the balance issue or the horse is not able to fully control his own shoulders or something like that. So you have to go back in the training and you have to address that part of the training in order for the horse to execute. It's not just like, okay, you just got to push it through and then one day it's just going to be able to do it without you explaining actually what you want the horse to answer with. That's not just going to happen overnight. You have to maybe go back to groundwork and work on some more balance or some more flexion or some more bend or, you know, just you have to support the horse with what you want him to answer with. If he needs more strength to do something, you have to maybe do some more strength work with your horse. If you want to have smoother transitions, because that's always when your horse takes off, well, then you maybe want to go back to groundwork. We work just on transitions, just on that split second of switching the gait from a walk to a trot and just look at those two seconds and you want those two seconds to be really smooth so that under saddle you can apply what the horse just learned. Just be really, look at what your horse needs in order to give you what you want him to give you. Don't get upset about, 
uh, every every dang time right this serpentine he just takes off and he walks straight and he's not listening to me and he's not he's just getting stiff and he's running running over his shoulder you know like don't be don't blame it on the horse in that moment look at what you can do to make it happen that way you can you can switch up your training plan and you can actually create a training plan what does your horse need what does your horse need in order to perform what does your horse need to actually give you what you were looking for it's, I think it's pretty I think once you once you understand the whole thing you see that bolting is usually just a result of you didn't listen in the first place it sounds so rough to say it like oh yeah you didn't listen in the first place who are you right the horse doesn't want to be in fight with you the horse is not aiming to be in constant discussion with you the horse wants to be in harmony with you but in order to do so you have to be able to listen on a level and if you don't listen the horse has to speak up and speaking up can be bolting rearing kicking everything that's loud that we experience as really uncomfortable and as really loud and in your face because that's when you're going to start listening too and on the behavior side of course the horse needs to look at oh how can i save my butt out of the situation because that person is not listening, so I have to take care of my own well-being right here. There's always a bunch of sides to it. There's the horse's psychology that plays into it. There's your relationship playing into it. There's the way you train the horse that's playing into it. There's the health of the horse playing into it. It's just, there's so many factors. Once you understand how it all comes together and how all that impacts a certain behavior, you're going to see that bolting is not that huge. I mean, it is, but it isn't but that it's not really that huge monster in the room that's like, oh my gosh, my horse is the bolter, it's never going to be good again, and how should I ever go on a relaxed tray ride because he used to bolt, right? It's not like your horse bolted once and then it's a horse that needs to go to auction because no one can use it. It's a result of communication that just went one way and a horse that didn't get listened to in the first place. And sometimes all you got to do is just listen to the horse and it's going to go away, right? It always depends on the problem. So I think we went over my main idea how to address the bolting and again I didn't want to go specifically into the training methods I wasn't really talking about applying positive reinforcement or how it would look like with negative reinforcement or classical training and all that kind of stuff because I wanted to give you more the mindset of how to approach it rather than the training technique I will address in in my next episodes training methods where you can apply that to the mindset that I just gave you. I believe it would just be too overwhelming and too confusing if I would go into each point and then be like, okay, negative reinforcement would look like that and positive reinforcement would look like that. And I think it's just too much input. As I know, it's just so much information and I know it. I was there too. It gets so overwhelming so quick. And then at one point you just go like, oh yeah, I I mean, I'm listening, but I'm not. (laughs) And you can't take it in anymore, can't digest it anymore. So... That's why I just wanted to go over that main idea, what you could do, how it looks like, how it would look like, and all that kind of stuff. When you have a bolting horse, and it it applies to rearing and kicking and all the other behaviors that we don't want to see in our horses as well. Address what causes it, go go through the list that I just gave you, figure out what's playing into the behavior. And then you can go from there and make your own plan. And that plan is gonna change during training for sure. Usually you start out with some approach and then you adjust it depending on how the horse is evolving during the training. 
And there's a bunch of different approaches, how, how you can approach it. If you're really insecure and you don't know how to approach the problem, the bolting problem itself, and you're more on the classical training side, you can always ask a second person to help you from the ground or even positive reinforcement that you have someone who knows how to, how to click a train a horse and you're just the passenger for a while, you know, and you have someone from the ground do the click and treat during you're just sitting on the horse being a passenger gaining back your confidence in the saddle and gaining back your confidence with that horse and with its movements and all that kind of stuff or like I said in like negative reinforcement or classic more classical training you could as well have a person have you help from the ground and that might be your riding instructor or your friend or your husband or I don't know the barn owner just someone who's knowledgeable enough that they can just guide you through the moments and just have you give you support from the ground and just have someone being there that's even more so looking at maybe signs that could lead to the bolting so you can address it in the first place. Asking for help is a big one that you like whether you train your horse on your own or not going out there and getting the information gather information maybe go to clinics maybe Talk to other people that had a bolting horse at one point. What did they do? Did they run into health issues that caused it? Maybe it was just a saddle fit. And, you know, just get into exchange with other people that had the same situation. I know it's hard when you're maybe the person with a bolting horse in a barn where every other horse is perfectly behaved. You know, you directly get looked at like, oh, that's the girl that whose horse is, is a super pig under saddle. You know, people judge you directly. They, they see, oh, she doesn't have a horse under control. Who is she, you know? She can't ride a horse and now she's afraid to ride it. Now she's just doing groundwork. Oh my gosh, that's so, you know, I know how people judge you and it's hard to speak up and to, to really stay consistent and not get weak and give in and have other people tell you like, oh, maybe you should sell that horse. Maybe that horse is not made for you, you know? There's just so much... So much junk that comes your way when you're when you have to board the facility where maybe not everyone has the same mindset as you or you have a bolting horse and you want to address it through positive reinforcement. You want to switch your methods up and people see you like you fell off the horse because your horse was bolting and now you're standing in the arena clicking and treating and feeding that horse food rewards and people start telling you like oh great that's gonna help feeding your horse some treats for sure that's gonna help people start saying things like that would be the last thing i would do with a bolting horse giving him some treats right because they don't understand the approach that you're in and the mindset you're in i've been there at that place that i was at facilities where other people didn't resonate with what i was doing and i was being looked at as the horse hippie doing weird stuff in the arena and people judging you and talking stuff behind your back and all of a sudden it, it becomes a personal problem somehow <laughs> when you bore I don't know why like first they look at how you train they feel like that's kind of weird and off and that doesn't resonate with them or it's even intimidating them be because they don't know that approach yet but it seems to work right sometimes that turns into a personal problem that other people dislike you or talk trash about you or even behind your back because you're doing things different and you're not going with the typical flow of that barn, you are going against everything that people have learned in their past. And, and it, it's irritating for people and it makes them question themselves and their own training methods. And that's when people feel discomfort and they feel like um, it could be even a threat for them for whatever reason. I, I get it. It's hard to stay consistent then and to keep going and to keep following your goals and to know you know what I know my horse is bolting and I know it's not the perfect horse right now and 
but I'm addressing it and I'm working towards towards creating a better relationship and towards having harmony in between us again and towards having a strong horse human bond again you know I'm on it you're putting in the work and you're putting in the effort and you're educating yourself and you keep grinding towards creating what you were wishing for rather than giving up and getting small and letting other people intimidate you and talk you out of it you know like you're all the way in to support your own horse and yourself so I just wanted to get that that out there because when I was in the situation I felt so lonely I was like oh my gosh like like I know how hard it is when it creeps up on you and you know like maybe they are right maybe it's not the right horse maybe I'm doing it wrong maybe I'm not good enough for the horse maybe the horse is not good enough for me you know like all those questions just keep in mind that you do it for yourself and that you do it for you your horse is good and just wanted to get some motivation out there as I know how hard it could be.